0: Success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way, and in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here, where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we face and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cammie Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And oh, my gosh, we have an invincible one to introduce you to today, Vanessa Udelman, is a sought-after leadership expert, author, and executive coach. She's been developing leaders across the globe for over two decades. She is noted as an expert in her industry. She is a published author, contributor to CK, NW Radio, and a guest lecturer in the MBA program at the University of Toronto. Whether facilitating, training, or coaching, Vanessa has achieved successful change outcomes with organizations such as Campbell's soup, Food Banks of Canada, Motorola, the United Nations and Hello Fresh. Oh my gosh, welcome to She's Invincible Vanessa. We are so excited to have you with us today. Thank
1: you. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Oh, my gosh. So fun. I've been looking forward to this conversation. You know, leadership is my thing. (laughs) If if you have a thing, it might as well be that, right? So, well, it's definitely my thing. So uh, I can
1: agree with you on that one.
0: I know. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. I think it's going to change many lives. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? I know
1: it's it's a very interesting career to direct you. I love talking to people about their careers because you know, when I was growing up, I never thought to myself, oh, when I'm older, I want to be a leadership consultant and coach. It really wasn't a thing. So how did I get there? Well, I actually did an undergraduate degree in English. And my mother said to me, What are you gonna do with an English degree when you grow up? I thought it was actually brilliant because I love reading and I got a degree to read books. I thought, why doesn't everyone do this? Like, that's what I have to do, read books. And I get a degree, sign me up. (laughs) So my practical mother said, go to teacher's college. She's a teacher. So I spent an extra year in university, got my teaching diploma. And I taught for a couple of years. I taught at at risk youth. And it was really challenging. And after getting a few binders thrown at my head and then a desk thrown at me, I thought, you know what? Maybe this isn't my jam. And I was talking to a friend of mine who happened to work at a consulting company, and she said, we're hiring. So I said, oh, I, I would love to work in that kind of environment. You know, when you when you arrive somewhere, and you just feel like you're home. I remember arriving, going up the elevator doors, and the elevator doors open and I arrived in this training and consulting firm. And I said, this is where I feel home. And I spent 10 years there. I was in business development, I was a junior consultant there, and I really learned the ropes and had amazing mentors there. And that's sort of how my career started.
0: I love that. Oh, my gosh. So then bridge that gap for us. So how did you go from that, like, oh, this feels like home, to now having your own thing?
1: So what happened is I I always had this dream of running my own business. And I had been a consultant for many years and I thought, you know what, long-term, if somebody wants to hire me, I better go be get some leadership experience myself. So I left the consulting organization and I went in-house and I worked with a different a bunch of different organizations in the area of HR and leadership development. One company, the last company I was at, I built the, the organizational development and learning department there. And so over those years, which were so crucial, I learned uh, to really understand the operational side of the business. I had teams that reported to me that I inherited that were not great. I had teams that I built that were amazing. I had people that reported to me that absolutely loved my leadership style. And quite frankly, I had people who reported to me that hated my leadership style. So it was from those people, to be honest, that I learned the most. Because they challenged me and they really helped me understand that you can be an amazing person, but it doesn't mean you know how to lead properly, especially people who have different work styles than yourself. Um, So after having many years of experience in businesses, then I felt ready to run my own business. And I've been doing that for 11 years.
0: I love that. I love what you just said, too. Oh, my gosh. Mic drop. All right. (laughs) So tell us what makes you invincible.
1: I feel like living on purpose makes me invincible because every year when it's the new year, I never say to people, Happy New Year! because I just, you know, I've gone through enough ups and downs in my life to know that life is not always happy. Life can be really challenging. And so for me, I always say to people, Have a fulfilling new year. And so what makes me invincible is I do work that I'm really passionate about. And that helps me to have a really fulfilling
0: life. I love that. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. And I'm so excited to jump in this topic today that we're talking about all things leadership, right? So today we're going to talk about turning the doers into leaders. OMG, turning the doers. I feel like I want to say, like, throw your arms in the air if you're a doer, right? Right. Uh, but how do you turn doers into leaders, but more importantly, than how, I do want to talk about that. why? Why mm-hmm. is it important to help mm-hmm. someone transition from the doer to the leader? Yeah, well, it's quite frankly a different job. So let's
1: say let's say you go to college university and you learn to be an engineer. Okay? And then you're really good at your job or you're an architect or you're in marketing, whatever your profession is, you're really good at your profession. Then all of a sudden you get promoted into a leadership position. It's a different job. So it's the first time in your career where not only do you have to achieve your own results, but now you have to get results through other people. And that's, that's very different. And you have to learn. Part of your job as a leader is learning how to It's feedback, it's learning how to have crucial conversations with people. It's learning how to build a high performing team. You don't learn how to do that when you became an engineer or a marketing expert or a lawyer. They just don't teach that at school.
0: That's so true. So true. So what happens to the people that are put into leadership that don't make that transition, that stay the doer?
1: They struggle. They struggle. So what happens to them is number one, a lot of stress. Um, They lose confidence in themselves and they're overworked, completely overworked. One of the first things that I do when I work with a group of leaders, whether it's one-on-one coaching or training is I teach them how to delegate. And to delegate properly, again, delegation is a skill you need to learn. I always, I always reference Um, or make the metaphor of leadership in sport, right? If you want to pick up tennis, right? You have to learn how to play tennis, how to hold a racket properly, the different components of forehand and backhand and volleying and and serving, et cetera, et cetera. Leadership is like that too. Delegation, there's a process. There's like a, when I teach leaders that work, with, there's like a four-step process in how to delegate properly. And so that's number one you have to learn is get really focused on your priorities And build and grow and develop your team.
0: I love that. So, you know, it seems to me, and I have seen this before, but it seems to me that, you know, if you remain the doer and you're in a leadership position, now you're doing two jobs, right? Two full-time jobs because you're still doing all the full-time work as a doer with all the work and responsibility and communication as a leader. That's exhausting. I can't even imagine that. Oh, and you don't get two paychecks though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, people don't realize actually there's, there's a really interesting book called the leadership pipeline. And what it talks about is that there's actually different six, there's six different passages of leadership. So the first level is self-leadership, right? So it's me as the doer. I have to have certain skills like how to work on a team and how to, you know, really good technical skills. Then you move into passage two, which is leading somebody else for the first time. Again, where you spend your time and the skills you need to develop, completely different. Then you move into passage three. Now you're actually managing other managers. Again, that's a different job. I'm not getting results through others. I'm getting results through others who are getting results through others. Different set of uh, leadership skills, right? Then you move into managing a department and then managing an enterprise or organization. So each of those passages, I call it new level, new devil, because there's different skills that you need to learn. You don't need to really focus on business strategy when you're at level two, when you become a new leader or a team lead, but you do need to do that. The more senior you become.
0: Yes. And it's such a big responsibility. So let's talk a little bit of the tactics here. So let's talk about the doer who's now been blessed with It's like, is that a blessing or a curse? Uh, Who's been blessed with the leadership Mm -hmm. position. Uh, Give us a few of these steps of like, what, what step-by-step, what is it that they need to be thinking and doing differently to have a smoother transition into the leadership role? And this is the second question. uh, Are there things they can do ahead of time as the doer to prepare themselves for a smoother Mm -hmm. transition, right? So let's go Mm -hmm. both ways with that.
1: For sure. Well, ahead of time really is the self-awareness piece. Um, You can always develop your emotional intelligence, develop your self-awareness, understand your work style, really build a growth mindset, learn how to build high trust relationships. I mean, all of those things you can do before you become a leader. So when you become a leader, you really understand how to develop and nurture relationships. And you really understand what strengths and weaknesses you're bringing to the table. I, I think you brought up a really interesting question around is, is getting promoted into a leadership role a blessing or curse, right? And I would say, because I, I've actually had some people who choose to opt out. They're like, you know what, Vanessa? Leading people, not my, my not my thing. And I say, amazing. I'm so glad you came to that realization. You do you, right? Yes. Other people have said, I think I want to be a leader, but I just don't feel confident. I don't know how to do it properly. That's when you have to get help. You read a book, you hire a coach, you take a leadership program, right? If you feel like, you know what, I really do want to invest the time to grow and develop my leadership skills, it 100% will be a blessing because it is so rewarding. Mm -hmm. So the piece you could do before you start is developing your self-awareness. The piece you could do once you start is really learn how to manage a team. I love So it. I would break that down into three parts. You've got to learn how to coach. You have to learn how to develop. And you have to learn how to build high performance and a motivated team. Those are sort of the three things that I recommend new leaders focus on.
0: I love that. Now, here's a question for you as you're working with your clients and, and what you've seen in that corporate structure. Are these companies actually mentoring these people in these areas, or is this something they need to go outside on their own to develop?
1: Uh So I actually heard a quote recently on that. Only 5% of organizations invest in their leaders. 5%. So if you're looking for a new job, ask the organization, do you invest in your leaders? Because it's a huge perk. The companies that I work with obviously do invest in their leadership and it impacts our bottom line. Because if you have leaders, so it starts at the top, right? Leaders set the tone. So if you have leaders who are self-aware, who know how to build high trust organizations, the research indicate that they outperform their competition from a revenue perspective by almost 300%. So the 5% who invest, it's 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 impacting their bottom line positively.
0: A hundred percent. And they have more prepared leaders. So let's talk about yes. now. We're going to talk about the doer. Uh there are two types of doers, right? The one who was prepared, who was working on themselves before they got the promotion, and the one that didn't. Uh and now all of a sudden they wake up. It's like being a mom, right? You would go to bed pregnant wake up with a baby in your arms and you're like, just figure it out. So oh, yeah. I guess that can happen, oh, right? Oh yeah. So, uh, so let's talk about them. So, what happens with the, the the doer who gets promoted to leader? What what should they be doing now? What are their first steps for a smooth transition?
1: So, I use when I do any training and coaching with my clients, I have a, a three pronged approach. There's three pillars. I call them the three pillars of leadership success. So, first is know yourself. The second is manage your team, and the third is lead your business. And so the first thing you have to understand is that leadership is complex. When you become a leader, it's not just one thing you need to do differently, right? So what I do is I break down those three pillars for people so they understand what their responsibilities are. So know yourself is that piece around understanding your work style, building high-trust relationships, developing a growth mindset. Manage your team is that pillar around coaching, giving feedback, right? It's your responsibility as a leader to give feedback. I have a client, in fact, who avoids giving feedback, which is quite common. And he said to her the other day, like, what what are you so scared about? What are you worried about when you give feedback? She said, honestly, Vanessa, I'm such a people pleaser. I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I had to say to her, let me present to you a different perspective. And I asked her, what is the impact of you avoiding feedback? And she said, oh, gosh, I know that their behavior is never going to change. So they're just going to continue. And I said, OK, so you have two options. Number one, pluck up your courage and give feedback. And I'm going to teach your model for how to do that or ignore the behavior and it's going to continue. What's your choice? She said, all right, I'm going to go for the courage, the courage perspective, and I'm <laughs> going to really focus on giving feedback. Right. So that's a really important part of that middle pillar. And then the final pillar is. Uh, of lead, know yourself, manage your team, lead your business. The lead your business pillar is really around managing change. We all know that the one thing that uh, we can count on is change. Um, and in fact, so many of the leaders that I work with have what I call change fatigue. They, because organizations are constantly going through so much change, they're trying to manage change upon change upon change at like a layer. And They're still working on the first change before a new change gets implemented. And it's completely exhausting. So it's it's the third pillar of um, Lead My Business is managing change. It's prioritizing and delegating. And then it's executing strategically.
0: I love this. This is so good. All right. Let's talk about the doer who moves into the leadership position and gets pushback. Because everyone still sees them as the employee and not the leader or the boss.
1: Yeah, so that's really common. There's a common, a couple of common things that people find. One is getting pushed back or they're nervous they're going to get pushed back. The other is they say to me, Vanessa, I'm now managing people who are my friends. How do right. I do that, right? And the, the, the advice I always give people is don't see yourself as the boss, Right. And, and it's normal that you're right. When someone was your friend and now you are the person that they report to, your relationship will change. And that is okay. That's okay. Right? So one thing I, I always recommend is be very focused on what you want to achieve. So very focused on what your goals and objectives are for your team. And then use a collaborative approach to work with your team to figure out how we're going to get there. So people feel included. Nobody wants a boss or a leader or manager who says, "Well, this is my this is my new vision, and you need to do this, and you need to do this." And we're all adults. So we don't want people just telling us what to do. Set the vision and then include them and say, "All right, everybody, let's look at what we're going to do. Let's determine that together." What do you want to do? How are you going to achieve, uh, you know, how are you going to help leverage your skills to achieve this vision? And you do it together and then put in a plan. I, I, I just, I hate Excel, but I love Excel. <laughs> if you know what I mean? I do. Uh, I hate Excel, but I love Excel. So like I always say, pull up an Excel spreadsheet, right? Write down rules and responsibilities. I have actually a really nice tool that I can share with you. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Racy. You know, Racy. Not heard of it? No. Ah, Okay, I'm going to share this amazing tool with you. So, Racy stands for Responsible, Accountable, Consult, and Inform. So, on one side of your beautiful Excel spreadsheet, you write down all the names of the people on your team, and then on the top of your Excel, write down Responsible, Accountable, Consult, and Inform. And the Accountable is the person who the buck stops at you. If it doesn't get done, you know, there's gonna be trouble. There's gonna be trouble. Responsible are the people who execute. And then consult and inform the people who just need to know more about it or you can consult with to get more information. So just being structured, I think leadership, one of the things that's really underestimated in the world of leadership is structure and putting processes in place. And I think that's just such an amazing process to put in place. And then every team meeting, go back to a RACI chart and say, Hey, Susie, how are we doing around your accountability? So you can have really nice check-in meetings with people. Um, so so that's really how we recommend people get started and, and build that collaborative environment with their team.
0: I love it. All right, last one. Let's talk about conflict oh, as a leader, right? So now you're the leader and uh, the wheels are off the bus. <laughs> what is your best advice for, you know, conflict in the workplace? Well, to quote Mark
1: Twain, where there's people, there's conflict. So the first thing I always say to leaders is there's nothing wrong with conflict. In fact, oh, there's a really good book um, called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Have you heard of that book? I have not. Ooh, this is a really good book. Highly recommend everybody reads it. Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And Patrick Lencioni, the author, talks about the fact that um, there's there's pillars of success. And why the book is so good, it's really easy to read. It's a parable about a team that's dysfunctional. And then the author looks at why are they dysfunctional? What do leaders need to put in place to make a high functioning team? So the bottom level is trust. You have to have high trust relationships. The second level is, is healthy conflict, that if you have high trust, you as a team should be able to have conflict around ideas. Now, it's not interpersonal conflict, sure. but it is conflict around ideas. So I always say to people, help me to understand? Is, is it healthy conflict around ideas that you're having or is it interpersonal conflict? If it's healthy conflict around ideas, I say, that's amazing. That means you do have a high performing culture. If it's interpersonal conflict, you have to deal with it. That's your job as a leader because, again, it's like feedback. If you avoid it, it's never going to go away. And so it's normal to have conflict, but if you don't deal with it, I mean, I'm sure all of the people listening to this can think about teams they were on in the past where there was conflict and the leader didn't deal with it, and it's really challenging and difficult to work in that kind of environment. So you as a leader have to deal with the conflict. And, And the way that you do that, it depends. And again, I would coach the people who are involved in the conflict and ask them, what do you want to do to resolve this? Again, I don't like the tell approach of of leadership. I like the ask approach, the consultative approach to leadership. I would ask them, what do you want to do to resolve this issue? And or maybe let's brainstorm some ways to resolve this issue, right? Brainstorm a list of ideas and then say, "Okay, we've talked about five different ways to resolve this issue. What do you want to move forward with? Again, that's really that collaborative approach to leadership. That you can use to resolve the issue because each conflict is very unique and different.
0: Yes, and you know I've worked in uh, you know organizations where they didn't uh, you know resolve the conflict, and we lost a lot of really good people because they decided like I'm not dealing with this. And if the leader didn't step up and take care of it, then the others were forced to be in that environment, and they got new jobs. Right. So we yes. we lose really good people by not dealing with the one problem right or the one difficult person or whatever the situation is so i love that any other things you want to talk about on leadership
1: well i think the other thing was um trust because it is it is so foundational and that's something that you can do at any level of leadership whether you're an individual contributor whether you are leading other people and so when you build trust, you have to remember that there's two components of trust. There's your character, there are your values. So how you show up in the world, are you respectful? Are you loyal? Are you kind? Are you transparent? Right. So there's that character side that builds trust. There's yeah. also the competence side, which builds trust. Are you getting results? Are you improving and getting better? Are you being accountable? Are you keeping your commitments? Right? So a lot of people think that, oh, if I just get results, business results and achieve my, my objectives, I'm going to have high trust. No, 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 no. Both your character and your competence have to be there.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And trust and respect to me fall in the same category, right? They have to be earned. And once they're you know, once you've crossed the line, it's really hard to get it back. But I love that you started with trust and came back to it because even to all relationships start with trust and they end with distrust, right? So it's it's the where it starts and it ends. And um, I love that. And that's something I think also that people can start working on as the doer, right? So when people trust you, it's not just in the workplace. they trust you as a human, as a person, uh, and then that carries into that workplace or whatever position or role that you're you're leading in. So I just love that you're putting a lot of emphasis on that it's It's yeah. hard, hard to earn and easy to lose, right? And if you think about it, how do
1: you earn trust? Okay, so every relationship has... I don't know if if anyone has read um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. He talks about the emotional bank account, right? We also have a trust account in all of our relationships. So if you think about it, every time you are respectful, you're putting a deposit in your trust account with that person. When you meet your commitments, achieve your commitments, deposit in your trust account, When you're transparent, deposit in your trust account, right? Every time that you demonstrate these trustworthy behaviors, you're putting deposits in your trust account. Now, we're human. We're all going to make mistakes. And so, you know, sometimes we're going to make a withdrawal. In every relationship, whether it's the person you're married to, the person you're dating, your colleagues at work, we're human. We make mistakes. We're going to make a withdrawal. The thing is, if you have enough deposits in your trust account with that person, when you do make a mistake, the relationship won't crumble. And so that's something each of us need to think about and take accountability for is that we're constantly thinking about putting those deposits into our trust account in our relationships.
0: I love that. And, you know, here's the interesting thing, and I think this is just a human dynamic, is that the deposits are always smaller than the withdrawals. Why is that? When you think about that, right? Mm -hmm. So, is it that people are doing good more than they're not, and it just seems like a bigger deal? I don't know, but it seems like you know they. You get these little deposits, but then something happens that's big, and it's like this big withdrawal. And I, I think we need to work on that. (laughs) I don't know the (laughs) answer. (laughs) I don't know the answer. Need to work on that. And
1: here's the thing about withdrawals: it's not the withdrawal that matters. It's how you handle the withdrawal, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to have withdrawals. Let's just face facts because you're not perfect. So when you have withdrawal, are you going to ignore it? Sweep it under the rug? Okay, well, what's the impact of that? The withdrawal gets bigger. Mm -hmm. Are you going to call the person and say, can I talk to you and apologize and say, you know what? I made a mistake. I really want to own that, right? Owning your mistakes, actually is a deposit in the trust account.
0: Yes. And it's a big one. That is a big one. Yes. Yes. Because then you feel like even if, if something does go wrong, like there, you know, that that's what you can expect. I love that. Yeah. I love it. That, that, that one in itself is a show up big time is, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road, I think. And it makes a big difference in how things turn out. And uh and how you go yeah. forward. I love this. This is such a great conversation. I don't want it to end, but oh my gosh, you have this amazing book, and we need to talk about that. So tell us about your book, Mastering Leadership, what it takes to lead in today's fast paced world. I know we just covered a ton of stuff. So, yeah. So tell us about this book. Why, why should people read it and what are they going to gain from it?
1: Sure. Well, I talk about why leadership is important and that leaders really set the tone in their organizations and their teams. And then I talk a little bit about what problems are facing leaders today on a micro and a macro level. And then what happens if you ignore these problems? And then I go in depth into the master leadership model. So you can learn more about those three pillars, know myself, manage my team and lead your business. And then the fun thing that I like about the book is I'm a very practical person. I love checklists and quizzes. So I added those in the book as well. So, for example, on page 33, there's a really nice self-awareness assessment. So you can find out things about, you know, I ask questions like, am I a micromanager? Um, My communication style is direct and can be perceived as rude or aggressive. I can be rigid in my thinking. I'm reluctant to innovate. I'm impatient. I'm judgmental. It goes through a bunch of different questions like that for people to start thinking about what, what what's working really well for me and what are some things that are impeding my success. And I also have one around team, um, which looks at some things like I know how to coach, I know how to develop my skills, I know how to boost the performance, which includes confidence of the people on my team. And there, there's also one on, on um, lead my business. So those are just some really, t- it's very practical. Um, and again, I'm a practical person. So when I wrote the book, I was like, I really want people to get takeaways from this, the book that they can implement right away. And then the other thing I did, which was wonderful, is I interviewed executives um, and really incredible leaders that I've known and met over the years. So I have some of their quotes peppered throughout the book as well.
0: I love that. Amazing. Well, I'm excited to read it. And for our listeners, the link will be in the show notes. So just click the link and you can get a copy of Vanessa's amazing book. So this is just awesome. Well, Vanessa, it is such a joy to have you here today and to be able to share your expert zone of genius. And I have loved this conversation around leadership so much. We have gone from A to Z, I think and covered everything. So I know there's always more to learn, but this has been such a joy. So let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you.
1: Sure. So if you go to yourleadershipresources.com, you can find me, you can get access to some of the podcasts I've recorded to in the past and blogs that I've written. And I have a leadership quiz on there for you. So head over to yourleadershipresources.com and I have great stuff for you, great free stuff.
0: Perfect. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode and just before we get to the good stuff right the good the bad and the ugly I have this great announcement for you we are starting the pod power hour which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon eastern and so if you've ever thought about having a podcast if you have questions if you are a podcaster and you wanna come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're gonna have experts there that are gonna be sharing their genius. It's gonna be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you wanna come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, Come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com, as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, whatever is your favorite platform. We will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on zoom. So super simple, just one hour, every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered
2: today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at infoadventurefound.org. At
0: Well, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners, we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we are going to expert their zone of genius. And you have done that with us so well today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But we're not done because we also promise our listeners that we're going to pull back the curtain. See, they see you today. They hear what you're saying, right? They see your success and they have no idea Mm -hmm. the journey that you took to have the success you enjoy today. And so we are about to pull back the curtain. We promise them that we will do that. And we are going to share the good, the bad and the ugly of this journey that you have taken. Are you ready to tell some stories? I am ready. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. so I like to start with the good. Whenever someone says you want the good news or the bad news, I'm like, bring on the good. So let's start with the good. Could you tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far?
1: Sure. I mean, of course, I'm going to start with having my kids. I mean, that goes without saying I have two teenage boys who I love to death. They're wonderful. They're my pride and joy, truly. Um, But on the business front, you know, the good is really the impact that I'm able to have on people's lives, because leaders, when you work with a leader, they have a ripple effect, not only on their families, but on their teams. And so I had I had a, a call years ago from a CEO and he said to me, Vanessa, I've got this person, one of my direct reports, he's a senior vice president. And I was in the airport and he was screaming and yelling at me in front of all these people. And he's got anger management issues. I don't know what to do with him. Like, I, do I fire him? Do I, What do I do with this guy? He said, send him to me, send him to me. So I started working with this leader and he had no emotional intelligence. He had no self-awareness. But the one thing that he did have was the desire to grow and learn. He never had a coach before. He never taken a leadership course before in his entire life. So I worked with him for an entire year. When I started working with him, I said to him, "Um, tell me about a time where you demonstrated empathy to other people. And you know what he said to me? Can't think of one. Can't think of one. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So we really I had to teach him what is emotional intelligence. And the good thing about emotional intelligence is it can be taught. So we spent a year unpacking it and looking at what it means and developing his leadership skills. So fast forward five years later, when the CEO retired, this person is now the president of the organization.
0: Wow. That's
1: amazing. So he was this close to being fired and through his hard work and and he was so open to the coaching. He's now doing an amazing job leading the organization. It was quite a turnaround story.
0: That is amazing. That is. And he could have lost his job that day, right? Honestly,
1: the CEO was this close to firing him. Really?
0: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Well, look at you, too. You're creating these transformations. And I love that. What a ripple effect. Okay, so next we're going to talk about the bad. We're going to save the ugly for last. So, but tell us a bad part of this journey to success.
1: Well, you know, I've been running my business for 12 years. And yeah, it comes with a lot of ups and downs. And one of the experiences that I had um, was when I started my business. And when I started my business, I had a business partner. And this is someone who has actually with. And I thought, you know what, I don't want to start this business on my own. It's kind of a little bit scary. And, you know, here's this friend of mine, and we kind of have the same vision. So let's do the business together. So um, it didn't go well at all. And it was really, really ugly. And, you know, after that experience, I realized I heard the quote that 80% of business partnerships fail. And I learned that that was very, very true based on my experience we were just very misaligned on the way we wanted to run the business and how we wanted to show up for our clients. And I, I, I'm, I'm someone who takes action. If you want to run a business, you have to take action. And she was kind of resting and not taking action and sharing 50% of the revenue from all the action I was taking. So, you know, it just wasn't a good fit. It was really ugly. There were lawyers involved and, uh, I could go into a lot of detail about that, but I don't like to think about it. But you know what? From that bad experience, it, it it gave me the courage and the confidence to know I can do it on my own.
0: Sure. Yeah. Amazing. So what would, would you have done differently? Did you see red flags uh, and ignore them? Because I think a lot of times we see them and we ignore them. Uh, what, what would you say to other people that are going to embark on uh, some kind of business deal like that? What should they be looking for?
1: Well, I would definitely say it's not a good idea to start a business with a friend because how you are as friends is very different than how someone shows up at work. And so that's my number one piece of advice. Don't start a business with a friend. (laughs) Although I do have one, I do know one person who runs a business with his friend and they've done it very successfully for five years. But I'd say that's the exception. And the other thing is, have confidence in yourself. You know, you can do it. One of the things actually I learned is there's a wonderful book. I love sharing books and reading them. I um, by Dan Sullivan called Who, Not How. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons I started a business partner, uh, the business with my friend is I didn't know how to do it myself. But what I realized in Dan Sullivan's book is if you can't do something, find someone who can do it. Find that who in your life who can do it. I actually started working with a business coach. And so that was my who, who helped me figure out the how. And it really helped me to grow my business
0: successfully. That's amazing. Great, great story. All right, let's go for ugly. (laughs) Oh boy, which ugly story uh, do I choose? I know, isn't that the truth as an entrepreneur? You know, I mean, if we quit every time we had an ugly story, that no one would even know who you were, right? So yeah, but share with us an ugly story that you had to overcome or deal with on this journey.
1: Well, I think I'm gonna share the story that really led me to running my business actually because and gave me deepened my passion for the work that I do. So I was working in an organization and had an amazing leader. And I went um, while I was on my second maternity leave with my younger son, this new leader came into the organization and her values did not align with my values or really the organization's values. She's not a good fit. And I was on maternity leave and I came back and she'd been there for five months. So she'd moved me out of my office. She changed my job description. I had this this office that I was in for five years, which was nice and bright and close to my clients. And she moved me into like a really like picture like a, a bowling alley with a really dark, tiny little office at the end of the bowling alley. That was my new office. I had to go to IKEA to buy lights. It was so dark. And then she started yelling at me in front of people and chastising me and criticizing me. And it was honestly the most soul sucking experience that I've ever had. I'm sure many of you have had that kind of experience with a leader that truly is soul sucking. And so I couldn't handle it anymore. And honestly, it got to the point where I was, I was really depressed. I went from one of those people that was like a high performer to someone who didn't want to go into work and started getting sick and depressed just because of my leader. So it was super ugly. And the, the good thing is that I ended up speaking to a friend of mine who's a labor employer. And I said to him, I've got to exit. And he he taught me how to ask for a package. So I was very lucky because I managed to get a package and that money I used to help me start my business. And the rest, as I say, is history.
0: Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes it's the ugliest moments that are the ones that just pivot, right? It's the thing Ah. where there's the plot twist. And it takes you to the best part of your life. And that sounds like that's what happened here is that, you know, you 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 made lemonade out of lemons and you were able to, you know, deal with that and then turn that into something so beautiful as to be able to be a work from home mom. Right. To be an entrepreneur, to be able to, you know, enjoy that lifestyle and have the freedom that comes with it. Oh, my gosh. It's so amazing. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for being with us. And I just want to remind our listeners as you're listening, just click the link in the show notes to get to Vanessa's book or her website and be sure to connect with her so you can learn even more about leadership and take that quiz. Oh my gosh, I want to take the quiz. I love leadership. So I would love to have that quiz as well. So be sure to reach out to her and Vanessa, thank you. Thank you so thank much. You so much. It was
1: such a pleasure chatting with you today.
0: Such a joy. And you are invincible. And I'm so, so honored to have you here to tell that story of your invincibility to help encourage all the others that are out there right now trying to get it done, right? Try to do it and get it done and and work their way through some of the obstacles that they're facing. And so we want to tell them right now, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, just get back up. Like I know in the moment, I know Vanessa will agree with me in the moment you're going through these hard things. It feels like you can't do it, but I'm telling you, you can, and you just need to trust me right now and just get back up. Tell them Vanessa.
1: You can do it. You can do it.
0: And You know, the thing is,
1: reminder, just in terms of don't look to be perfect. You know, life is not about perfection. It's about fulfillment. And so do one thing today that feels fulfilling for you and you'll feel that much better.
0: I love it. All right, girls, get back up. You can do it. You can do anything. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at KamiLiemann.com. I can't wait to meet you.